Welcome to the Whole Indie Show, your home for your weekly slice of indie goodness. So it's natural that I ask myself, is this a risk I'm willing to take? And the answer, absolutely. If you know something about me, you know that I am trying to change the wave of the future. Jesus was change with Innocence, once lost, can never be regained. Darkness, once gazed upon, can never be lost. All things truly wicked start from innocence. Because I want to see you, see me, smash her up. Come and play. What I want is Brian Danielson's head on a stick. This is my challenge to everybody on the independent scene, and that's to fly. Try to be the best in the world. With your hosts, Sandro Latelpa. And Ashley Richardson. Welcome everybody to uh, the final final episode for February and then we get into, as I said last week, March Madness because it's going to get crazy, as it normally does because, you know, independent wrestling goes crazy on WrestleMania weekend, but that's four weeks away, pretty much, is it? Yeah, I'm trying to think, yeah, 1st to 29th, yeah, yeah, this is Ashley. Once again, on uh, the actual recording, wondering what's going on in four weeks' time. Somebody that's got it a little bit more planned out, probably, is my co-host, Sandro. <laughs> Man, it seems like the, the news never stops with independent wrestling. I mean, what a yeah. crazy couple of days. Uh, probably since Monday. Um, Wow, would it have been... I don't know, it would have actually been Sunday, would it? Or Saturday? I don't know when a certain match happened. But first up, regarding all before all of that, uh, we had some really bad news. And uh, that is an update on what we talked about last week with Tim Donst how he got taken into the hospital and uh, they were checking him over and he did get released, but the diagnosis is not brilliant. Um, as in the fact that they did some tests and they actually found that he has a tumor on one of his kidneys. And I don't, have they done surgery yet to remove a kidney? I don't think that's been disclosed. Um, not yet. I think that's going to happen in the upcoming weeks. Yeah, but uh, with that, obviously, he was out of action this weekend. And you know, we, we'll bring the bits up and what he said for both the AIW and CCW shows in a, in a minute. Or you know, over the next segment or two. 
but he certainly put in his blog post on, I think it's dots.com, isn't it? His website. Yeah, it's a, where it's a his website. Blog posted. And uh, he's pretty much said that, <clears throat> depending on the doctor's advice, obviously having only one kidney might mean his wrestling career is done. Which is a massive shame because this guy was going places. And I really hope that, you know, the chemo and everything gets sorted and uh, he can make some sort of return uh, to wrestling. I'd love it to be in the ring, but if all else fails, I think he's a pretty good talent enough to just be a pretty good commentator, I would say. Even on the indies. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, no doubt Sandro will second that. And, uh, yeah, our thoughts and uh, wishes go out to him and his family and uh, hope we uh, hope that he uh, beats it. Uh, you know what? We were all worried about <clears throat> what had happened to him when the information came out that he was in the hospital. But uh, we weren't really expecting this uh, for what he told the fans this past weekend, both in AIW and in CCW, th- this shocked everybody. Nobody saw this coming. And yeah, it, it is a damn shame that uh, he had this uh, tumor in his kidney. And this is definitely uh, th- could be the end of his wrestling career, which is a huge shame because, you know, he had tons of potential. You know, he's a good, good wrestler in the ring. His promos was getting really good as well, especially in the last uh, two years. He's doing very well. Uh, you know, it's it's going to be sad to see him no longer wrestle anymore. Uh, I met him a, a couple of times when he was in New York for Evolve, and, you know, he's a great guy to talk to. You know, just a great person all around. Um, could he be... Uh, somewhat involved in the wrestling industry probably so maybe it could be um helping hand with uh, any promotions probably mostly with aiw wouldn't be surprised and i was really glad to see that uh, a lot of the a lot of the wrestlers show their support for tim Dunst. you know even guys like uh, you know mick foley which was surprising to see but i know that made Dunst pretty happy and even you know um, his trainer mike quackenbush sent him some uh some good thoughts about Dots as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, we, we definitely wish the best for Tim and hopefully he makes a, a speedy recovery. Uh, another story that we now have to follow up on from last week is the Samoa Joe leaving TNA because uh, it got revealed on, I think it was Monday, wasn't it? I believe it was. Monday afternoon, evening-ish, that uh, Samoa Joe is coming home to Ring of Honor. Yes, sir. And uh, the guys at the law seem to be uh, got have got word that he will be part of, certainly part of the TV tapings which are coming over the next two weeks in Baltimore, Milwaukee, and Chicago Ridge, as well as the Supercard of Honor show, 
at WrestleMania weekend, as well as the April TV tapings in San Antonio and Minneapolis. Mm. That, I still think, means he. I guess he could show up, possibly, on pay-per-view. I'm not ruling it out because I think that would be a big moment. I think it should. Uh, and on top of that, he's also been... Well, we already know the Jersey All-Pro one because we mentioned that last week, didn't we? Yep. But what got added this week is uh, 2CW have booked him to take on AR Fox. Yeah, that's going to be really interesting, and uh, I'm pretty that's, sure that's a good one. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure, knowing Fox, he'll <laughs> kill himself when he's wrestling <laughs> Joe, as we've seen. But uh, yeah, I'm glad to see that Joe's going to be booked for Ring of Honor for pretty much the entire shows in March. So that's good to see. Uh, whether how long he'll be a part of the promotion that remains to be seen. As uh, when he made a tweet about you know accepting bookings, he said that it's, it's going to be a very limited date. So we'll see how many times he'll appear for Ring of Honor. Well, perhaps limited dates is because he's already got a deal signed with somewhere. Possibly. I, I haven't heard anything. Or some, perhaps not a deal, but some sort of agreement. I haven't heard anything, but I'm I'm seeing rumblings all over the interwebs. So time will tell if that were to recur. But for now, at least for Ring of Honor, uh, it's going to be very interesting uh, who is going to pair up with. I'm One of the matches that I'm really looking forward to seeing, and I'm pretty sure it will happen, I definitely want to see a match between Joe and Elgin. I'm just wondering whether Supercard of well, I guess would AJ be available for WrestleMania weekend? Do we know what the schedule is for New Japan that that time? I haven't seen the schedules yet, but I'll I'll check later. I know wrestling Dontaku is the weekend after, on like April fourth or whatever. No, oh, actually, it's the Invasion Attack. Invasion Attack, but. Uh, whatever it was, what, what, what I was meant to say was it's the week. Unlike last year, it is the following week mm. rather than the day after or the day of WrestleMania. So, depending on what they do with the road to invasion attack, it's a possibility. And then I think in that case, just to have it as like a dream, well, not a dream match, but the re- the reunion. AJ versus Joe. Yeah. That'd be great to see. Because uh, San Francisco, or wherever the shows are, are they in San Fran? Uh, it's, it's at the, yeah, it's pretty close right there. Somewhere in California, just in case, you know, WWE gets snooty at it. <laughs> I, you know, I think there'd be a lot of, a lot of people wanting to draw to see that. Definitely. It might affect other cards, though, which, you know, too bad. <laughs> Speaking of Supercard of Honor, though, it was also announced that Jushin Thunder Liger will be a part of a Supercard of Honor show as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, think uh, that's, I think that's smart to get uh, somebody from New Japan uh, for the WrestleMania weekend shows. So, Well, and that, I think, is the tease because uh, also announced this week, uh, it's now official. 
the Ring of Honor New Japan Super Shows are happening. And it's not one, nor is it two. It's actually going to be three shows. Uh, the Ring War of the World show is going to be on, I think it's a Wednesday, uh, May 13th in Philadelphia. They haven't said where, but considering how crazy the crowd was, I'm thinking it might be the uh, former ECW arena. Well, uh, I'm looking at the, the schedule here, and on the press release, it does say it, the, the Philly show is going to take place at the ECW arena, and it is on a Wednesday. Yeah. The, apparently, the tickets are already on sale for ringside members as a recording, but they'll be available to the general public on Friday at 10 a.m. for everybody else. They're probably already gone by then. They're probably already gone. And then also, uh, on the following Friday and Saturday, 15th and 16th of May, will be Global Wars in Toronto. I'm guessing the Friday show will probably be uh, a main show, and I, I guess 60, the, six, the one on the 16th could be TV tapings. But if there's New Japan talent on it, it wouldn't really make sense. It could just be... They're doing two super cards. I don't know. From what I've uh, read uh, a couple, maybe about an hour ago, that supposedly they'll bring in maybe a few more New Japan talents, but it's still going to be very limited. So well, obviously, well, the, the, obviously the problem is, what do you classify as New Japan talent? The are we just classifying the gaijins of like Bullet Club? Or are we actually talking, you know, Japanese talents like, you know, Makabe or uh, Tanahashi or somebody like that, let's say? Well, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Announcements will be made over the upcoming weeks as we head, what, like, I think, March, April, about 11 weeks, 10 weeks to go to that? Sounds like roughly. Now, the next one uh, was brought to my attention by Sandra this weekend. Or was it was it Monday? I can't remember when you sent me the link to the video. Oh, the uh, the shoot incident that heard around the world? Yeah. Yeah, I sent it to you on Monday. Stardom. Yeah. Little, well, I, I wouldn't say little promotion, but in terms of women's wrestling... It's probably only known by the people that know a lot about the Joshi scene. Yeah. And, yeah, it was a match between uh, Yoshiko and Act Yasukawa for the World of Stardom Championship. Basically, their world title. Now, from what it said... And from what I've heard um, from the um, the Ring Bells post on uh, PW Ponderings, it's a good card, but it got overshadowed by the main event. Uh, and so I'm, I'm just going to take a couple of quotes from here because uh, there's a couple of paragraphs from Sonny Gutierrez, who was actually in attendance at the venue itself. So a uh, qu- uh, quote... The whole main event started with an angle, a weird one, 
a video package aired of what led up to this match, the rivalry between Act and Yoshiko. Then they had the recent press conference, but Act was six and uh, Act was sick and not there. So Yoshiko wouldn't sign the title match contract because she wasn't there, and in Yoshiko's eyes, not worthy. You can't show up to the press conference, then I'm not signing the contract. As tables and chairs in the ring, Act is introduced and comes to the ring with the entire entourage. Then Yoshiko and her gang come out, and in the ring they go back forth on the mic, complaining to one another. Yoshiko still doesn't want to sign the contract and makes Act get on her knees to beg her, and Act actually does get on her knees. I think that's just in the video package that they showed. So he adds, uh, quote, uh, I was there to see my friend act Yasukawa wrestling a pro wrestling match, but instead I saw Yoshiko beat her bloody with repeated punches to her face. I had a knot in my stomach as I watched, knowing that it just was not right and wishing that I could do something to help her, but knowing that I couldn't do anything. I'm sure I wasn't the only person in the crowd feeling that way. Kurokan Hall was silent. Legendary referee Kahode Wada looked to the stardom president for guidance, and even with 50-plus years of experience between them, they failed to act. So, I guess we better give the description of what happened. So, yeah, the bell rings, and they immediately brawl like you'd expect with a match. Except Yoshiko is doing it old-school stiff style. And just, you know, you can tell she's landing with weight. And a lot of weight. And uh, she, after a while, uh, acts has to roll out to the outside because she is bleeding profusely. Massively profusely. Uh, And... Uh, the amazing thing is it seems as if the officials and everything are willing to let the match carry on. So Act gets back in the ring. Cue Yoshiko doing a second beatdown. And I don't know whether it was in the first beatdown or the second, but I, f- I think she busted her skull. It's not been made official because I don't think anything's been disclosed. But if you look at the pictures, which are graphic, sort of the bit where her skull should be by her eye juts out, I'd say, about an inch. I'm not not, uh, misconstruing this too much, am I, Sandra? Well, from what I've read, apparently Act just recently had eye surgery. Yeah. And Yoshiko... Well, as you saw, went after it. completely went after it. And, uh, Apparently, as well, go. that eye is um, one where she had some sort of issue with blindness Yes, as well. And she'd only just come back from getting it done. So the fact that Yoshiko went after it and pulverized it is even more a case of what the hell just happened. And there's a bit of an update on that because today, as recording, uh, they had a press conference and they announced that uh, Yoshiko's been stripped of the title that she had and she's going to be suspended indefinitely. 
So that's about it from from the press conference that they had. But uh, the the promoters, it wasn't really too thrilled about it. So, I mean, yeah, that was about it. I mean, it's <laughs> it was pretty crazy to see it occur. You know, I haven't seen something like that happen in years anywhere. So I was just yeah, really surprised is... it even happened. The last time I can remember seeing it is obviously not live, but via the power of like YouTube and all that. It was probably the fight between Kevin Sullivan and um person who must not be named back in WCW in what, like the mid nineties? Oh, that's probably in ninety seven. Yeah, mid to late nineties. But that clip where it's just a it's it's a shoot fight. It's the only time I can think of one. There's probably been quite a few instances of it in Japan, but it's probably in, you know, federations and companies that don't get as much attention as obviously the big few do. Oh, you could probably find those in uh, one of the Bachamania specials, the Shootomanias. I think that's what he called it. Yeah. You could probably find those. But, um, yeah, I know um, Heidi Lovely was, was at ringside when it happened. She was in the corner of an act. And uh, I can hear her, and uh, she was just stunned. The, well, the crowd was literally the cr- the crowd wasn't there. Yeah, you know, to, I, I know it's an old fashioned sort of you could hear a pin drop, but I think you literally probably could have done because, but after the second beat down. Even the referee was—he was the referee was going with it for some reason, despite the fact he could clearly tell that it was a fight. And then eventually he was like, "Right, get off." And Yoshiko is a big girl, so she's like, "No." And it took a while, and like the trainers basically had to do a combination with the referee of f- pushing Yoshiko away, but also dragging Act out. And then the match was ruled a TKO. So apparently Yoshiko won by beating the shit out of somebody. No. (laughs) Can we change that decision? Um, And then afterwards you could see like her her trainer or, you know, one of her stable mates wanted to get in the ring and beat the shit out of Yoshiko as well. Yeah, she was she was not too thrilled. She was yelling at her, obviously, and it it got a lot of uh, press because of it. Uh, I think the incident was on the cover of the uh, weekly wrestling uh, magazine in Japan, mm. which um, which was it's been a long time since uh, Joshi was was on the cover of the magazine, but obviously for not the right reasons. But it got a lot of press from it, but. Uh, yeah, this is definitely a huge blow for the promotion. This is something that they don't want. But uh, I guess they're going to move on. And I haven't heard anything about uh, Axe Recovery. So I'm not too sure if uh, she suffered any major injuries uh, on the on the eye area. But uh, it, it, it was pretty insane to, to watch it. It was something... When I saw it, I literally just sent to you WTF. I know. Because <laughs> I was like, whoa. This is just something that you don't see 
often. Thank bloody God that you don't see it often, because, man, wow. That's that's what I feel for Heidi and... Didn't somebody else go over with Heidi? Yeah, uh, Hatsunami. Yeah. I love that she was at ringside for it. Uh, not that I noticed. I feel... I, I just, you know... I feel for those two talents because they go over there on the tour, you know, trying to make, uh, you know, good publicity for themselves and everything. And it's now sort of getting overshadowed by this heinous attack. Or heinous. I don't know how you pronounce it. It's got an E and an I in it. That's all I know. But yeah, um, I hope that Act gets well soon. I don't know how long it will take to recover from that, but blimey. Well, uh, moving on uh, to other news. Uh, Ring of Honor is going back a bit. Uh, they, actually announced, they actually announced that they're going to start beginning a monthly pay-per-view series starting next month. And uh, just reading from... Uh, this is actually released from PW Insider. Uh, Ring of Honor will be beginning a series of one-hour monthly pay-per-view specials entitled Creating Excellence, beginning on March 1st, uh, according to a report by Mike Johnson. The first special in March will be centered between the rivalry between Red Dragon and the Young Bucks. The pay-per-view series will be different. Will be on different time slots in March. And then they'll be put on VOD, uh, depending on the, the cable provider. So that's pretty. You know, so that's interesting to hear. Do we know how much these? I don't have the information I, on that. Okay. But I would assume it'd be a very low price. But uh, yeah, considering it's an hour. Yeah. When I first heard uh, this story, I was kind of worried because I thought they were going to start doing a monthly pay per view shows and then i thought to myself that would be a terrible idea but to be to be honest that's what it sounds like because tna did that sort of over here with their unfinished business series where it was like oh here's a feud now it was clearly done for the television market over here rather than actual pay-per-view but I just I find it odd that it's being put on pay per view. I know they're trying to make it as a television product, but it's going to be at all different times o'clock. Because looking at the way March is, it obviously can't be on March first because that's when their own show is going to be on pay per view. If they get preempted by the one hour show, that's going to be a bit embarrassing. But uh, I think you've got. I think there's actually only one UFC pay-per-view that month. Obviously, you've got WrestleMania. Um, I guess it depends how many markets carry TNA pay-per-views anymore. I don't know. Um, there's probably a lot of porn on the pay-per-view channels as well. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know. I don't know what else is put on pay-per-view really in America other than that that I can think of. Well, at least it isn't Manny Pacquiao and Floyd Mayweather just yet. <laughs> well, uh, it, I guess it's fine for them doing this. Uh, if it, I think this is something 
to attract people that may not be familiar with the Ring Around the product. I think this is in a, a way to get them to watch Ring of Honor. And I guess that depends also if they don't have the syndication television in the area. I think this is a good way to introduce them to the Ring of Honor product. Plus, if you want to watch a good way to introduce yourself to Ring of Honor, Red Dragon and Young Bucks is probably the best way. Yeah. They'll probably show maybe two or three matches, you know, just for the hour. So, you know, uh, hopefully this new uh, series will do fine. I don't expect them to do great numbers, but, you know, let's, mm-hmm. let's hope for the best for that. Uh, there's also a little bit of news um, regarding updates to Evolve 38. A couple of matches have been added. From what I can tell, uh, I don't think this was one that we talked about last week. AR Fox versus Trent. I think that's one's been added. Uh, we've also got Biff Busick taking on Caleb Conley. By the looks of it, whoever wins gets a shot at the Evolve Championship. Possibly. Or the um, open the. Free, is it freedom? Well, they said it's for the Evolve title, so. Oh, okay. And also Tony Nese versus Matt Cage. Yes, Matt Cage. That team's tremendous. Yes. Yes, Matt Cage making his debut for Evolve, which oh, I'm so mad that it's going to be in Long Island and not here in New York because of like, oh, man. Team tremendous as well, though. Is that their debut on Evolve, I think? Yes, yes it will be. Doesn't really surprise me because you know it's NYWC in the arena over there, so I guess it would make sense. But kind of a bit long overdue for a team tremendous to show up and evolve. But I guess that's Gabe, you know. Yeah. But on top um, of that, for WWN Live Weekend at WrestleMania time, uh, Drew Gulak is going to be part of the festivities, and. A certain all-ego Ethan Page will be as well, as endorsed by Gagano. AIW has done that kid good. <laughs> well, he has been in previous Evolve shows last year during their, I guess, new initiative that like, I guess that they stopped doing. If you're endorsed by Gagano, I think it's clearly a... Uh, it's an AIW nod. It's an Ohio nod. And just going back with it for Matt Cage, uh, he's me endorsed by Uha Nation. Damn. Okay. Any news from... <coughs> wow. I didn't catch that right. Any news from you, Sandra? Uh, actually, I think that's all the news that I have at the moment. Right. Um... So we'll jump into results now, or actually, um, should we talk some lucha first? Oh yes, Let's get into results. Just randomly, sure. Because I caught, I, I caught it this week, and I'm a little bit confused at certain bits. <laughs> so recap of uh, last week's lucha on the ground for February 18th edition. I'm no longer going to call it episode whatever because I think it's going to lose this track eventually. Season two, episode three. There we go. So, the show starts off with the match between Mil Muertes and Chavo Guerrero. 
this was actually a short back and forth match. Uh, Katrina shows up during the middle of the match, and she has a stone that apparently uh, Muertes is obsessed with for whatever reason. Uh, as uh, Muertes is distracted by this stone, I guess, uh, Chavo hits Muertes with a, with a chair, and then the referee calls for the, for the bell. So Muertes wins by DQ. Uh, after the match, uh, the chair shot doesn't do anything to Muertes. Yeah. Chavo is just. They all know sold it like a man possessed. Yeah. So after that, Muertes grabs Chavo and hits the flatliner on the chair. Then he calls for Katrina to get in the ring and give Chavo the lick of death. But Katrina refuses, which makes Muertes very mad. He then grabs her by the throat and then about to give Katrina a flatliner until Phoenix comes in to make the save. And then uh, both Phoenix and Katrina on the outside, and then she kisses Phoenix right in front of Muertes, which I, makes him very. I wouldn't very say ki- I, I wouldn't say kiss. I'd say there was it was nearly tongues. Yeah, after it happened, I was worried what had happened to Phoenix because I thought it was blood, and then it con uh, and I coined onto the fact. Oh no, it's lipstick. <laughs> so then we go into the next segment where the mysterious woman who was asking questions to Dario, is sneaking around the temple and enters a stairway. And there we go to a commercial break. Yeah, Devin Aoki there. Back I don't know what her name is. She doesn't even have a name. So, <laughs> just a mysterious woman. Devin Aoki. Come on, her career isn't over yet. <laughs> so, back from break, we see Dario's in his office talking to the crew. Uh, talks about their recent actions as of late and is very happy for what they did to Big Rick. Dario then asks the crew to protect them and to take care of Pimpinela Escarlata, Mascarita Sagrada, and Sexy Star later tonight in a six-person tag match for the main event. The woman, the midget, and the crossdresser. Yeah, pretty much. Equal opportunities Anyways. there, Dario. Beat the shit out of all of them. <laughs> In the ring, we have uh, Ivelisse and Son of Havoc in the ring. Ivelisse gets on the mic, talks about that Angel- uh, Havoc was supposed to take have was supposed to have a rematch with Angelico, but since Havoc has been on a losing streak, she'll take care of him instead. So the next match we have is Angelico taking on Ivelisse. Uh Angelico tries to kiss Ivelisse several times during the match, but it fails. Uh, and Heligo didn't really take Ivelisse seriously throughout the entire match. But uh, until Ivelisse got the better of him, then he, he, took, the, he took her very seriously. Uh, again, it was a short match, but uh, the finish came when the ref was checking on Ivelisse, who was down. While that was occurring, uh, Havoc was, uh, was out in the apron and kicked Helico on the back of his head. Then Ivelisse hit a bridging pin to get the win. After the match, Angelico gets on the mic and says, if you want to go one-on-one next time without your boyfriend, let me know. And then he hits Havoc. Yeah, like I said, this was a it was okay match for what it was. It was lighthearted. Um, yeah. I was kind of... The way that Angelico was uh, acting throughout the entire match, it seems like he was the heel 
And Ibilis was the face. Because he didn't really take her seriously. Hmm. So that's the way I saw it. I wonder what's coming in the future. Sandro is... Sandro, I think, is getting some of that uh, Jeff Jackson Nostradamus stuff rubbing off on him. I only know this because I've read ahead. But let's just oh, say I, I you haven't. might be onto something. Oh, okay, that's weird. You might, you might or might not be onto something oh, okay. for some reason. So next up, uh, we have a match between Superfly taking on the debut match of El Dejano. But before that, there was an interview shown of Vampiro talking with Dejano. In Spanish. Yes, but with subtitles, so everybody can understand. Tejano talks about dominating AAA the last two years and becoming the world champion there. He says that the reason that he's here is because Alberto stole this title and he's not really happy about that. And he's here to destroy Alberto here in Lucha Underground and he also wants to win the Lucha Underground title. Now, going on to the match itself. Again, this is a short match. Uh, Pretty much Tejano... Pretty much dominating throughout the entire match. Uh, Superfly had a bit of a, a bit of an offense here and there, but it wasn't enough. But the finish came with that when Tejano hit an inverted backbreaker and then into a neckbreaker to get the win. After the match, Alberto runs towards the ring, gets inside the ring, but Tejano runs to the outside. But then Alberto catches him, and then both men start to brawl. Alberto then grabs Tejano's bull rope and starts to attack him with it. And so referees and staff comes in and break them up. And then so definitely get building up, beating the shit out of by Alberto's rope, because some of those swings came bloody close to hitting some of the security and the referees. Rick Knox, I think, might have been shitting himself. That was what else <clears> fun <throat> to see. So yeah, they're definitely building up the feud between Tejano and Alberto in on the ground. Definitely looking forward to seeing it when it happens. Uh, after that, we we see Dario in his office, and all of a sudden, Cage walks in with the broken title, and he demands to be the new Lucha Underground champion because he's been on a winning streak the last couple of weeks. Dario says that that's not going to happen, but he's going to offer Cage a rematch with Puma, non-title, of course, and if Cage wins that match, then he'll become the new Lucha Underground champion. Okay. So it's non-title, but it's title. What? <laughs> uh, Cage then grabs the belt and just throws it at Dario. Says, "Fine." He walks off. Then all of yeah. a sudden, I, I don't. I, I loved it. It's like I don't want this. I don't want this Aztec crap. <laughs> Get a new belt. <laughs> and then Sandro goes, "Yes, that's what we've been saying for months." <laughs> yeah, I was fine with that. That was great. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as I saw that, I'd uh, be like, yeah, Sandro's giving this an A+. <laughs> after Cage walks out of the office, Chavo all of a sudden walks in and he told Dario that he's had enough of this and he quits. Dario wasn't really upset with this. He says, pretty much his look was like, okay. And then he says, well, I wish you best in your future endeavors. And then Chavo was, wasn't too thrilled hearing that. Uh, but Dario says that his tempo is always open for him. As Dario looks at the broken title and said, the gods are not going to be happy with this. 
And then when he said you're welcome into my temple anytime, I was thinking that's going to be taken in such a sexual manner, Dario. You should have thought about saying something different. <clears throat> I, I didn't say it that way. I thought that was fine what we said. <laughs> but uh, we cut off the we cut off to that segment and go to another segment where we see the mysterious woman walk Devin Aoki. walk into a jail room and sees someone. And she says that she was hoping that she would she would be the one to kill him as the segment ends and goes to commercial break. It's Manta. <laughs> I don't know what this is all about, but there better be some sort of a good payoff. It better be a but, good payoff. Otherwise, <laughs> oh dear. Anyways, uh we come back and it's the main event time. Six person tag, uh, sexy star Mascarita Sagrada and Pipinella Escarlata taking on the crew. The crew was pretty much dominant throughout the entire match. Uh, Cortez beats the crap out of Pipinella with a kendo stick, uh, forcing Pimpy to be laid out on the outside. So he's pretty much out for the entire match. Um. Mascarita gets like a, a bit of offense on a couple of the members. I remember he tries to go for like a satellite, uh, no, a double uh, head scissors, but uh, it didn't really execute it properly. It looked kind of bad. But I know my, my striker tried to cover it on me because he's like, oh, you know, it, you know, even though it didn't look pro- good, it, it still was effective. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, the numbers game uh, got the better of Mascarita as um, I believe it's uh, Cisco hit a curb stomp on Mascarita but onto a chair. So he's out of the entire match. Which it's it's all up to 60 star. Th- three against one. Uh, she actually gets the better of the crew for a moment. Uh, she takes out two, she takes out Bale and Cisco. Uh, I remember she she did a tornado DDT to bail on the outside, and she took out uh, Cisco for a while. So it was a uh, sexy star and Cortez Castro one on one. I don't know what happened, but uh, at some point between both of them going at it, uh, I don't know if she had a, a busted lip or she had a busted nose, but she was bleeding for a little bit. But eventually, the numbers games got the better of Sexy Star, and she got beaten up as all three uh, members start to stomp the hell out of her. And then all of a sudden, Big Rick all <laughs> appears out of nowhere. The new Big Rick with the eye patch and everything. You know, Nick Fury. <laughs> Big Rick Fury. That's it. There you go. <laughs> Big Rick Fury. Why not? So the crew is shocked to see him. As uh, Rick Fury is walking down the steps, uh, Sexy Star hits a bridging pin on Cisco. Oh, no, excuse me. Uh, hit, hits an inverted victory row on Bell and actually gets the pinfall win for her team. As the show ends, uh, the, the crew is on the outside in shot as uh, Big Rick Fury is in the ring looking on the crew as the show ends. Um. To be honest, uh, as far as like the the match quality for the show, I was not very impressed by it. To be to be totally honest here, 
I thought it was okay. I thought the main event had its moments. But I wasn't I wasn't really impressed with this episode. I gotta give it a thumbs in the middle. Um is it an episode that you have to watch? Probably for the segments and the storyline with uh, Katrina and Phoenix and Mir Muertes. Other than that, I think uh, everything else was kind of skippable. Um, I would say it's only catch the segments, but that's about it. Right. So now we move on to uh, results from this past weekend. And we'll start off with AAW's Vanguard Audition Show from Berwyn. So uh, we started with a pre-show special, uh, a five-man over-the-top rope challenge. And the man known as Seaman beat uh, Harvey Bauer, Storm Grayson, J.J. Garrett, and Brandon Ahrens. Uh, we then opened the show outright with Merrick Brave with a press conference and saying that when he does something, he means it. A bit confused. Whatever. Um, uh, in a five-way scramble, uh, Ace Perry got the win over Kirk Warmack, Trevor Court, Matt Fitchett, and Merrick Brave after uh, Matt Fitchett hit a Canadian destroyer on Kirk Warmack, but it was Ace that stole the pin. Uh, Paco was victorious over Danny Adams with a frog splash. Alexia Nicole beat Jasmine with a Tornado DDT. Uh, Tweet Phoenix and Lamar Titan successful over Thomas Sinclair and Azias Velasquez with double backcracker variation on uh, Sinclair. Mr. Bernard defeated Andrew Arthur with uh, apparently some sort of submission involving Arthur's fun. I guess that's inspired by you, Marga, I guess. I don't know. Marek Bray beat Jake O'Neill with a super kick. He was in two matches? What? Wow. Um, Cody Rice, Buck Nasty, and Malachi Matthews uh, beat uh, Eli Machete, Connor Braxton, and Trick Davis when Buck Nasty pinned Connor Braxton with a crucifix bomb. The students then tease a breakup, but actually don't. Uh, Ty Miller beat uh, Knight Wagner with the top rope double splash. The Viking War Party uh, successful over the Clash with a triple stacking splash. And then the main event, I guess it was an open challenge possibly from Mariah Davari. Well, it was answered by Christian Rose. And Christian Rose got the win with the Ride the Lightning. There is a twist with this though. Because Rose lost a stipulation, I guess, previously in AAW, where he was banned from ever being in Berwyn. So I guess because it's Vanguard, you're supposed to forget that. I don't know. But whatever it is, for the people that were in the know, I guess it it was enough of a surprise to be like, that's a pretty good thing. Uh, the Vanguard show... Uh, the next one will be coming up in May, and AAW's next full show uh, will be coming this weekend, and we'll get to that uh, later on. Uh, next up with the results, I need to hand it over to Sandro, because I believe you've got the results from 
the Beta Pro half of the card with the Alpha One double bill? Uh, yes. Um, just go through results. Uh, Eric uh, Carne defeated Kobe Durst. Uh, Reigns Greenway defeated Derek Direction. Alex Daniels defeated Joshua Singh. So you had a AIW showcase here. Uh, Kingdom James defeated Bill Black. And the main event was the Monster Mafia defeating the Theory of Evolution. And uh, I got to give credit to the guys over at the weekly, at the Wrestling Weekly podcast. Uh, they hooked me up with the results as I couldn't find the results. But uh, thanks to them uh, for handing me the results. And uh, after that came Alpha One's Watch the Throne Free, uh, which opened with Josh Grogan. Uh, successful in the six-way scramble, beating Jasmine Aribi, Alexia Nicole, Alex Daniels, Joshua Singh, and Reese Greenaway. Uh, Ethan Page then was uh, victorious over Eric Carney. Uh, the Goat Brigade beat the Oppression. Then uh, it was Grado who's victorious over Supercop Dick Justice. Although you do need to check the clip out from that uh, event. Because let's just say firearms were used. That's all I need to say. Uh, Ricky Shane Page beats Elysia Sparks. Uh, Eddie Kingston uh, was victorious over Tyler Thomas. There is a video that got recently posted up that uh, is now building to a Silesia Kingston match in April. At the next show, The Punished, is it? Yep. I'm not sure I've got the right name. Uh, Brent Banks beat Eric Ryan. And then in the six-way ladder match, it was Josh Alexander beating Scotty O'Shea, Ashley Six, Steve Brown, Cheech, and Ty Colton to get the number one contendership. I don't know. Do we know that if that now means that the other five are now not coming back? <laughs> I haven't heard anything about that, to be honest. <laughs> I was confused about that stipulation. Yeah. But I guess, uh, Speak- I guess, uh, I guess it depends who's not on the next show. Yeah. Speaking of confused, remember everything we talked about last week about FIP and how um, Rich Swan wasn't going to be defending the title. Yeah. Well, turns out he was because he shows up and in the opening segment got attacked by the MSL Universe and Roderick Strong, which apparently led to later in the show that Rob Naylor reported that Rich Swan had to be stripped of his title due to an injury, most likely to his knee, from the beatdown that happened in the opening segment, despite the fact they already told us that he'd be stripped of the title days before. You, you see an issue here, Sandra? Uh, that, that was terrible. <laughs> so during the event, it was officially Roderick Strong versus Trent for the FIP title. Oh, goodness. Or not. Uh, so uh, the opening match saw Monster Tava, Josh Hess, and Martin Stone defeat Aaron Epic, Bob Brady, and Rhett Giddens when... Hess pinned uh, Aaron Epic. 
Gary J beat Lindsay Dorado after Dorado hit a Hurricane Rana on Jay, but Jay held on through the roll. Uh, Jody Christopherson versus El Cooter went to a double count out. Uh, Aaron Solo and Jason Cade beat uh, Los Bendejos after Rios went for a 450. Solo got his knees up and combined it with an inside cradle. In a no-DQ match, it was Johnny Vandal coming out on top against Blake Edward Bellicus. When Vandal threw Blake over the top rope and Blake's head got caught in the ropes and lost consciousness. I don't, I think that was not shoot version. I think that was done on purpose. Otherwise, ooh. Um, the Savages retained the FIP tag belts, beating the submission squad of uh, Evangelistico and apparently Gary J. So I guess Pierre wasn't able to make it. So Gary had to pull double duty. Uh, but basically, Trina spat something in Gary's face and Eddie Graves got the pimple. Then the FIP Heritage title. Apparently, it wasn't just a title match either, though. It was actually a title versus tuxedo match. So if Maxwell lost, he'd have to give up the tuxedo. Well, thanks to a Super Hurricane Rana. We have a new champion. Maxwell Chicago is your new FIP Heritage Champion. <clears throat> I'm so pleased. Because then that means in future shows I can have an excuse to play the uh, big band version of Smells Like Teen Spirit. There we go. <clears throat> and in the main event, Roderick Strong was victorious over Trent with a Texas Cloverleaf submission to win the FIP world title. As if he didn't even need to drop the title after he got injured. I don't know. That happened. So next up, uh, Ring of Honor's Winter Warriors Tour in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, Reports suggest that there was roughly about a thousand fans there. So it was much busier than... Uh, management and the higher-ups in Ring of Honor were expecting. They announced that they were returning in August, although there are some reports saying they could return earlier than that in the summer. So, Dark Match saw Jack Jameson and Brandon Espinosa, a.k.a. Punch Drunk Glove, uh, beat the Washington Bullets with a powerbomb. And with the main card, Caprice Coleman, victorious over P-Dog Mike Posey, after a top rope leg drop. Corey Hollis and Jonathan Gresham ended in a no contest when BJ Whitmer and Adam Page showed up and then it turned into a tag match where the decade of Whitmer and Page beat Gresham and Hollis after Page hit his pile driver. Matt Seidel beat Delirious with the Airborne. Roderick Strong victorious over Kylo Riley with the Strongbreaker. Moose beat ACH with a belly-to-back superplex, followed by a spear. Apparently the crowd was really into Moose. That bit I get. Moose winning, I still don't, but whatever. Then Hansen won a six-man mayhem match with a spin kick to a diving Cedric Alexander. Uh, Also in this match was Lethal, uh, Elgin, 
Tommaso Ciampa and Will Ferreira. AJ Styles then beat Bobby Fish with the Styles Clash. And then it was two out of three falls Armageddon tag match. So Briscoes won the first fall with a doomsday device on Bennett. Kingdom got the second fall with a spike pile driver on Jay for a table. I guess it was just a table match because Jay wasn't actually pinned. And then Kingdom got the final fall after doing a doomsday device with Bennett holding up Mark on the floor and Taven doing a running dive off the ropes and rolled Mark back in the ring for the pinfall. And Mark also, during the third fall, did a dive off a set of scaffolding on the table. And also Adam Cole did actually come on commentary, apparently, for the final fall. So some interesting stuff going on there. And then uh, I think finally for this segment, it's uh, time for AIW's I Choo Choo Choose You. And we actually opened up with the Girls Night Out showcase as Taylor Hendricks, Mary Elizabeth Monroe and Marty Bell beat Team Barely Legal and Vader Scott when uh, Hendricks kicked Alexi in the head for the pin. There were issues apparently though with Team Barely Legal and they brawled a bit and that seems to be hinting that Barely Legal may be barely a tag team for much longer, shall we say. Well, well yeah, because they're, they're having the match at the next show. <laughs> uh, Brian Myers beat Cliff Compton. Key thing to note here, before the match, they actually made it a SmackDown tag title match since both men have held the SmackDown version of the t- titles in the past. So much so that the referee even went to the back and came out with a blue polo shirt. Gotta love it. Uh, then uh, the Iron Curtain took on Dick Justice, Grado, and Dennis Stamp. He actually wrestled. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, Stamp actually got the victory for his team, <laughs> hitting a clothesline from hell on Gregory Iron. And actually, Grado made a hot tag to Dennis Stamp. I need to see this match now. <laughs> I need to see it. Uh, Chris Sabin, victorious over Colt Cabana, holding onto the corner for leverage, so... Healer's tactics from Saban. The Forgotten retained their AIW tag belts. Uh, so Whitmer and Jacobs beat the Bateri, the Beaver Boys, and Cheech and Colin Delaney to retain. Then Tim Donst came out to do his promo saying how they found a tumor in his kidney and they've got to remove the kidney so he's had to vacate the title. Which sort of caused the change up in the the matches that happened so uh then with the aw intense title davy vega retained beating eric grind tyson dukes tracy williams uh you might notice that there was a name missing there apparently jonathan gresham no showed so i don't know what happened there uh and then we had a six-way scramble with candace LeRae getting the win after a reverse spike Rana 
and uh, pinning Tyler Thomas for the win. Uh, the match also featured Joshua Singh, Abe Jackson, Flip Kendrick, and Alessandro Del Bruno. Apparently, I guess Del Bruno uh, got injured in that match, or possibly that weekend, because I think he was supposed to be part of the Alpha One card. Because looking at the way that uh, I was checking through the, the tweets to try and find the results that you had, did earlier, Sandro, and it said how he was out of action for a month, apparently. So I'm guessing that must have happened Friday or Saturday. Probably. Uh, then the dudes on TV of Raymond Rowe, Ethan Carter, and DJZ beat um, Team ARW of Josh Prohibition, Alex Daniels, and Johnny Gagano after EC3. Ping Gagano when uh, Rowe hit Gagano with a ring bell. And then Gagano, apparently before the match started, Gagano said to EC3, I'm glad you showed up because there's a lot more people here than at TNA. Boom. And then the main event uh, was Josh Alexander getting the absolute title, beating Ricky Shane Page, Eddie Kingston, and Ethan Page. After Vader Scott threw powder in Ricky Shane Page's eyes and Alexander hit him with a tombstone. So it looks as if Vader... And the fact that she can't be a manager in Ring of Honor now means she's going to be a manager again in AIW. Well, this sucks. <laughs> well, uh, I'm happy to see Alexander getting the, the title. No, I'm happy with that. It's just Vader should be wrestling. <laughs> Vader should be absolute champion, damn it. That's a bit of a random pair, Alexander and Vader Scott, but... Uh... Uh, well, we'll probably see her wrestle, maybe. I don't know. I'd say Silesia and Ethan Page at the time was a little bit random. Actually, for... actually, though, they 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 made a, a perfect pair, in my opinion. Mm. But uh, I mean, we'll see how they'll do for Alexander and Vita Scott. But uh, I do know that um, they did announce uh, two other matches for Gauntlet of the Gold next month. Um. They announced uh, Johnny Gargano is going to take on Raymond Rowe. And they also announced another match, which was very surprising to see. Uh, Ricky Shane Page will be taking on Two Cold Scorpio. Wow. <clears throat> well, that's, that's different. <laughs> but knowing Scorpio, uh, I'm pretty sure that will be a pretty good match. Yeah. Scorpio knows how to bring it. <clears throat> I still remember that National Pro Wrestling Day a couple of years back mm-hmm. where he won it, which seems a bit weird, but yeah. he put on a good show, so I was like, yep, yeah, I'm, I'm okay with it, even though it is a bit weird. So with that, I think we'll take a break here, and when we come back, we'll continue results because we might as well do it in one block because that's how it was presented. Uh, the doubleheader of WSU and CZW's 16th anniversary show. So we'll be back with more of the whole indie show in a few minutes. We're dead, they're not dancing. Everybody's afraid to break the ice. Come on. Well, at least they're crucified.
If you trained, say your prayers, and ate your vitamins, then you'll love the Hulkamania Chronicles. Sean Beckerman, host of Beyond the Bell, your pro wrestling nostalgia podcast, breaks down the history and career of the legendary Hall of Famer, the immortal Hulk Hogan. Each edition covers a different era in the history of the Hulkster as we relive our childhood hero. From the beginning of Hulkamania in the mid-80s and the birth of WrestleMania through the challenging times of the steroid trial all the way to his jump to WCW and the formation of Hollywood Hogan and the New World Order and then his return to the WWF leading in to the Hall of Fame. This edition covers it all. You can catch the Hulkamania Chronicles exclusively on Beyond the Bell here on the SNS Radio Network. Brother. Hey guys, it's me, Mr. Money on the Mic, Jeff Jackson. And I want to take a moment to let you guys know that personally, I appreciate the support that we've had here on the SNS Radio Network over the years. And I'm here to tell you about a new way that you can help us out and show your support for the SNS Radio Network. We now have a way for you to uh, donate to the SNS Radio Network. If you go to the SNSRadioNetwork.com main page, scroll down, there is now a donate button on the page. Now, I'm not saying you have to donate to us, but your donation is very appreciated as we do a lot of hard work on the SNS Radio Network, spend a lot of our time and our own money to make sure that you guys have uh, entertaining podcasts and live shows on the SNS Radio Network. So to those who have donated so far, on behalf of the SNS Radio Network, we appreciate you and your continued support. And for those that will donate in the future, again, we thank you for your support of the SNS Radio Network. www.snsradionetwork.com, providing you with free podcasts since 2010. fan of the SNS Radio Network? Want to keep up with what's going on with all the personalities and radio shows on the SNS Network? Well, let me tell you how. You can check out the Facebook group over at www.facebook.com slash groups slash SNS Radio Network. On Twitter, follow us at SNS Radio Network. You can follow me, Mr. Money on the Mic, Jeff Jackson, at SNS underscore JJ one. These are just a few ways to keep up with all the happenings going on on the SNS radio network.
Hey there, listeners of the SNS Radio Network. My wife here. Now, as most of you listeners know, I happen to promote my own albums every now and again. And the latest one is now available. Yes, Dream Sphere. The musical journey that takes you through the realm of fantasy is now available at mindwipestudios.info. 14 tracks plus a couple of bonus tracks, all available for the neat little price of 10 bucks US. $10 US or A. So check it out today. It's got some great tracks, including Witchwood, Dream Sphere, Flights of Dragons, and many, many more. Dream Sphere, available at mindwipestudios.info. Middle segment of this week's whole indie show with Ashley and Sandra, and a few little bits of news actually before we continue on with the results, and it's Shikara related. Um, Sandra, do you want to go with yours first? Uh, yeah, they announced uh, today that they're going to be announcing something uh, this weekend, which uh, regarding King of Trios. Uh, my guess uh, they'll probably announce the venue. Or King of Trios and all the date, or both. <laughs> yeah, but it's a it's probably a good chance it's probably going to take place at the ECW Arena. More than likely, uh, they've also in the past week revealed the place where they're going to be having their July shows as well. Where it's going to be storming the castle on July the twenty fifth in South Windsor, Connecticut. And then on the 26th is going to be the Immaculate Election in Providence, Rhode Island at Fate Music. So expect a little beyond crossover there, possibly. I would say. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it will because they're going to have a doubleheader with Beyond. Oh, is that? Wow. Yeah, it's confirmed. Okay. Does this mean Juicy Product get on a Shikara show? Please. Well, Please, Quack, if you're listening. I hope well, Quack is coming to the UK, because then I might try and ask him. Oh, of course he will. Come on. Book Juicy Product for the Providence show in July. Well, <laughs> even, though they don't, even though they don't exist in Beyond Wrestling, I'm, I'm sure that they could probably do something in Shikara. Well, if Trevor Lee can wrestle in Chikara, I think you can get away with a juicy product coming to Chikara. Well, we'll see. Right, so uh, we'll continue on uh, with WSU's anniversary show, uh, which opened up in the ECW arena uh, on Saturday. 
So we started with Jenny Rose beating Brittany Blake, uh, Tesha Blanchard, victorious over Sassy Steffi, and Solo Darling beat Mickey Knuckles with an X Factor. Okay. Bit weird. <laughs> I, know, I wouldn't have called that on paper. Uh, then Nevaeh beat, beat uh, Nia with a double underhook DDT to be crowned the new uh, WSU Spirit Champion. Surprise, but, you know, that seems good. Uh, Amy Lee was then introdu- sorry inducted into the WSU Hall of Fame. And then we had your world title match. Bit weird, but okay. Uh, Lou Fisto uh, retained, beating Shana with the burning hammer. Afterwards, the office tried to attack Lou Fisto, but Shana actually made the save and they hugged afterwards. Uh, next up, Cherry Bomb beat Lever Bates with the uh, the BSE. Do we know what Lever was cosplaying as? Oh, you didn't see it. No. Oh, you, you should have seen it. I'm going to quickly go to Twitter, am I? <laughs> you should have seen it. She was dressed as the retro Dougley Boys. Oh. Okay. So, I guess for... Stacey Keeper style? <laughs> no, retro. Retro ECW. Early ECW. Oh, Dougley. like... Oh, it, we're talking Eastern Championship. Well, no, not that far. 95 Dougley Boys look. Yeah. But the... Um, Dungarees. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so for one night, we had uh, Leva Dougley. <laughs> I guess the irony is there, though. She's sort of going full circle. Yeah. With aces and eights. <laughs> uh, then, for the WSU tag titles... It's finally happened again. The chicks using damn nasty tactics have the belts back, beating the juicy product after Kimberly managed to hit the code red on JT Dunn. Um, that would have been an interesting ride home. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was not a good night for Kimberly because she had a busted nose. Thanks to JT. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, if you go to our Twitter page, you can see the picture. She has a... Yeah, her nose was busted up. I guess we can only be thankful that JT didn't go all um, Yoshiko on Kimba. Thank God. You better be hoping they don't hear this. <laughs> Hey, it's WSU. It's women's wrestling. <laughs> if if there was violence involved, the only thing I can think of in terms of violence this week in women's wrestling was that crazy stuff that happened in Japan. <clears throat> and the main event, I guess sort of understandably because it's the first ever TLC match, uh, it was Athena getting the win over Hania, the Howling Huntress, after hitting the O-Face. And apparently... This was a hell of a match, <clears throat> unsurprisingly. Uh, then afterwards, Hania gave uh, Athena for some respect and then showed that respect was completely honest 
by beating the shit out of Athena afterwards. So I guess yeah, it's now Quadruple H, Harnia the heel howling huntress. I don't know. That's <clears throat> very interesting to see. Uh, we're going to see now a, a heel Hanaya. So this should be very interesting to see how this will play out in WSU. And wondering if she'll do this uh, anywhere else. Yeah, it's... I don't know. I guess we'll have to see when the women's wrestling fixtures. Well, does Har- I, I guess Harnia could could be on um, Hanaya, so he could be uh, on the Shimmer shows in a month or so. <clears throat> Possibly. Well, I think she'll definitely get picked up at some point. <clears throat> so, now we move on to... Um, the evening card, CZW 16th anniversary show, which Sandro, you covered live. So, uh, do you want to open up with uh, what happened in our opening segment, Larry Legend? Yeah, so the show started off with Larry Legend coming out, uh, getting a big reaction from the crowd at the ECW arena. Uh, out comes out Danny Havoc alongside with uh, Connor Claxon, a.k.a. Wrench. Uh, Havoc gets on the mic and talking about uh, memories at the ECW arena. Uh, he then talks about uh, training Wrench and what he's taught him through the last couple of months. And he says he's going to have to prove himself because for the next three shows, he's going to have a deathmatch trial series uh, next, starting at the next show when he's going to be taking on Lucky 13. Uh, Havoc then talked about he's going to be out for the next... No, I'm sorry. He was out for the last six months after uh, injuring his ankle. Uh, he said it was a nearly a career-ending injury, but he's finally back. And then he announced that later that evening, there's going to be a three-way match as uh, the nation collides in an ultraviolet match. And they kept mentioning throughout the night that this would be shown to everybody it w- you know it would be on the stream as well as for the people in attendance keep that in mind people keep that in mind now i should mention um i did he- i did saw the the first segment but uh my internet was kind of crapping out at certain points so i didn't really hear about the 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 bonus main event announcement, but I did hear about the uh, the trial series for Wrench. Right now, from what I'm, what I was reading on Twitter when I was trying to get the information, they people had said that it was going to be on the pay per view. So apparently, it was announced on the commentary at various points throughout the night. Stick around for the. Ultraviolent death match at the end of the night. I did hear that. I remember. But uh, moving on. Uh, first match was the qualifier for Best of the Best later in April. Uh, Dirty Bucks Belmar taking on Pepper Parks at, alongside with Cherry Bomb. Um, this match was fine. Uh, of course, Bucks being 
Bucks Belmar, as always, uh, had his moment with a cherry bomb, which... Uh, <laughs> uh, should I even mention what he did? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Yeah, it might as well. Okay, well, there was a moment where Cherry Bomb got involved during the match, and uh, I think she tried to kick him in the stomach, but uh, Bucks caught her foot. Um, then he, he took off her shoe, and then he started to lick her feet. <laughs> As cherry well, as cherry bomb was screaming in horror as what it just occurred. Well, there you go. <laughs> but trust me, it's probably been weirder stuff. But yeah. But uh, Pepper Parks tried to go for the offense, but uh, Bucks Belmar got the better of him and he got the pinfall. So Bucks Belmar moves on to best of the best fourteen. And uh, you remember when I talked about they showed a video that Bucks was attacked by mysterious men? You remember that? Oh, yeah. Well, there was no follow-up to that. (laughs) At at least on the pay-per-view side. Nor was he... I don't even think it was mentioned on commentary. Which, uh, I don't know. Not really sure where they're going with that, but I'm kind of surprised that was not even followed up after his match because I thought something would have happened. But nothing did happen. So I was like, oh, okay. Anyways, moving on to the next match, which is also a qualifying match for Best of the Best 14. Uh, Making his uh, CCW debut on the main brand, Joey Janela taking on the former world champion, Sozio. I should mention Sozio... Uh, still has the front look with the pants and the white beater and everything. But uh, it was different colors, so I guess he has a different look going on. And he also has... he He's starting to look like uh, Hugh Jackman, Wolverine, with the beard. So he has that going on for him. Um, I'm getting flashbacks of that scene in Night at the Museum for... <sighs> <laughs> This match was actually pretty good, I will say. Pretty good back and forth between both guys. Uh, Sozio wasn't going to let uh, a newcomer like Joey Janela get the better of him. But uh, the new front of Chipperado Bomb and Ryan Galleon was at ringside and caused a distraction for, for Sozio. And that's when uh, Joey Janela got the upset victory over Sozio. So Joey Janela moves on to Best of the Best in April. Um, nothing really happened after the match as far as uh, the new front and Zozio. They were just yelling at each other back and forth, but nothing really occurred. Uh, although I, I believe um, Ryverse did attack uh, Zozio for a bit, and then they just walked off. Because, you know, happens. Yeah, they're still uh, going on with this. Uh, they're having a feud, I guess, with Sozio and the new front, which is kind of surprising because they were also portraying like Sozio's going nuts here. But I that really wasn't shown during this whole during oh, the whole match. So please tell me CZW is going to do a thing where ever since Sozio lost power, everything that's happened in CZW has never happened. 
It's like a Bobby Ewing dream from Dallas. <laughs> well, I don't know where they're going, but uh, it didn't. He didn't really show it. Shows you, you know, going crazy or anything. But uh, we'll see what happens with him. Anyways, moving on. Uh, one of the new interviewers, Kyle Francis, is in the ring, and he brings out Alex Cologne. Uh, Cologne talks about you know breaking Preacher's neck. And he's refusing to take responsibility for it. And then he's just issuing an open challenge to anyone uh, that he could break their neck. And anybody in the locker room. So, hang on. He's, he's, refusing to, he's refusing to say that he broke Preacher's neck, but he wants to break somebody else's neck? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Logic? Uh, zero? Um... <laughs> So uh, somebody does come out to answer Cologne's challenge, and it's none other, none other than Drew Gulak. Oh, who shit. comes into the ring. But he's not by himself. He's actually accompanied by some of the CCW students. Uh, couldn't really tell who, who they were because they all had their hoods on. So you couldn't really tell who they were. But I will say I thought that was a, a nice look for Gulak, who's, of course, one of the head trainers over there. So I thought that was pretty cool to see. To see. Uh, this was a short match. You know, it was fine for what it was. Uh, but in the end, Drew Gulak got the victory over Cologne. So, uh, next match was, uh, a few that's new to CCW, but if you follow Beyond Wrestling, it's not new to you. Uh, Matt Tremont taking on Stockade. Um... To be honest, part of me w- thought that this match could be better than what it was. Now, I thought to myself, okay, the match wasn't uh, as brutal as their Beyond matches that they had previously. But I thought this was okay. It could have been better. But then I thought to myself, well, they probably don't want to overshadow the the three way main event. And then, of course, you know when the show was over, I thought to myself, "Okay, they probably should have done it better." <laughs> this match was was fine for a hardcore match. You know, it was billed as an ultra violent match, but that really wasn't. It really wasn't an ultra violent match. It was just a hardcore match. They were saving that for the end for everybody to see. They pretty much just beat each other with with chair shots. Uh, there were a few unprotected chair shots, which wasn't really surprising, you know, because it's Matt Tremont. Um, Tremont did brought out a uh, a wrap of barbed wire in the ring, which was only used maybe once or twice, but wasn't that. Uh, I guess not that much affected. I guess. Uh, uh Matt was busted open at one point during the match. Uh, they were brawling around outside the ring. Uh, it was a you know decent back and forth, but uh, in the end, uh, Stockade actually got the win after he put uh, Tremont through a couple of chairs. Uh, the cr- the crowd wasn't really too thrilled with uh, Tremont losing. They wanted Matt Tremont to win the match, and Matt Tremont got a big reaction from the crowd at in Philly. 
But uh, after the match, uh, Tremont challenged Stock A to a rematch at the next show, but this time in a no world barbed wire death match. And then there's an intermission, and then back from intermission, Tim Dons comes out. He has a pretty good reaction from the crowd in Philly. Uh, talks about his situation. Of course, we went through with it, and the crowd uh, definitely gave him a respectful uh, applause to Tim, Tim Dons, which I, I thought was very nice from the crowd in Philly. Considering it's an ECW, sorry, a CZW crowd, that's a surprise. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so the next match is for the CCW Wire title. Uh, Joe Gacy defending against Speedball Mike Bailey. Uh, Tim Dons is actually on commentary for this match. Was Dons good on commentary? Um, I thought he was pretty good, to be honest. I, I thought he was a uh, he wasn't uh, like he wasn't uh, biased against Gacy, but I thought he did a pretty good job on commentary. Uh, this match was actually pretty good. Uh, really good back and forth between both guys. Uh, Speedball, you know, does his usual stuff. Uh, he, he even hit his shooting star double knees, but uh, Joe Gacy kicked out. But in the end, uh, Joe Gacy wins the match over uh, Speedball Mike Bailey and retains his wire title. Uh, like I said, this was a pretty good match uh, thus far. Definitely one of the better matches of the entire show. Uh, Gacy got the, the the win after he made Bailey tap out to a stretch muffler. Now, next up was the six-man tables match. Uh we have the the team of the Team Tremendous of Dan Barry and Bill Carr alongside Dick Justice, which was funny because uh, on the iPay-Per-View stream, on the graphic, it said uh, Tremendous Justice as they were billed. But uh, oh. Larry Legend didn't you know, announce them as, as that. They just called them Team Tremendous and Dick Justice. So I guess he wasn't informed of it, I guess. I don't know. Then uh, out comes out uh, John Silver and Rex Lawless Silver. But no Alex Reynolds. Which is strange. And I thought to myself, hmm. Well, where's, where's Alex Reynolds? What happened to him? And then, uh, Couldn't make it due to the weather. Yeah, John Silver announced that uh, he had some... Well, I think he said he had some car issues. So he couldn't be at the show. So substituting for Alex Reynolds will be uh, his younger brother, Chuck Taylor Silver. Yes, Chucky T in in CZW. Yes, Uh, Chuck Taylor returning to CZW. Taylor got a really good reaction from the crowd in Philly, and then it was announced that this will be a tables elimination match. So. This match went. This match went all over the place. Uh, I'll go over through the eliminations. Uh, Dick Justice was eliminated first uh, when Rex Lawless Silver uh, speared him through a table, and then after that, Rex Lawless was eliminated by Bill Carr. Uh, but then after that, uh, Bill Carr was eliminated by all members of the Silvers uh, when he, when they powerbombed him through a table. Uh, this was a pretty good elimination. Uh, Chuck Taylor Silver was eliminated after Dan Barry hit a tope con hilo while Taylor was laying 
on a table on the outside, which I will say looked pretty good. So it was down to John Silver and Dan Barry. But in the end, uh, Dan, uh, John Silver excuse me, wins the match after hitting a Meteora off the top of a ladder onto Dan Barry through a table. Uh, this was actually a pretty good match, I will say. I definitely enjoyed it. And then next up was for the CCW World Heavyweight title. Black G's defending against the Dirty Daddy, Chris Dickinson. Well, first thing I should mention, uh, Chris Dickinson uh, came out to the Rocky theme, which is very interesting. The match itself, I thought, was actually good. I thought it was a pretty physical back and forth match between both guys. Uh, they both beat the crap out of each other throughout the entire match, which I enjoyed. Uh, but in the end, uh, Black G's gets the win over Chris Dickinson and retains uh, the CCW World Title after hitting an Ace Crusher off the turnbuckle. And then um, things got a bit interesting. <laughs> uh, Chris Dickinson got on the mic and uh, I guess vented his frustration towards the fans in Philly. Now, as I said, I thought the match was actually pretty good. Uh, but the crowd in attendance didn't really like the match, and they were pretty much crapping on the entire match. They didn't really like him. I think either. Probably. But Especially when the F New York chant started going. Well, during the... When uh, Larry Legend was doing the ring announcement... Uh, Dickinson told Larry that uh, for one night only, uh, he's the son of uh, Philly. You know, telling that he's from Philadelphia, and I guess the crowd wasn't too fond of that. But uh, but they were they weren't really enjoying the match at all because I know they were chanting "boring" when the, both guys were doing a little technical stuff in early parts of the match. So basically, um, Dickinson, you know, wasn't too thrilled with the crowd in Philly. Tells them to go fuck themselves. Uh, and then he goes on to more of a bigger rant on his Facebook page. Uh, do you have that in front of you at the moment? Yes. Uh, this is uh, what he posted. Quote, ECW Arena. Total fucking joke. Pure white trash couple with every other species collectively suffering miserably as they waste their last 20 bucks to have a horrible time. Some of the people that aren't stuck in 2000 and whatever and actually like wrestling were there, and I apologize to you. Next time, I'll lock that headlock on for the entire match instead of even physically exerting myself for your pity entertainment. I'll also make sure to take my trunks completely off while shitting in the middle of the ring to truly show you how I feel about your hallowed ground. I don't even know why I tried. Now, from what I heard uh, from those that, that were in attendance, uh, apparently after Dickinson uh, walked out of the ring, apparently he was throwing some trash uh, somewhere near the back. But this is where people can see what's going on. So he was, he was a very mad. And also, apparently, uh, his family was in attendance during the show. 
uh, which made him uh, very more angry, which uh, I guess is very understanding, knowing that, uh, you know, you have uh, friends and family there, and then, you know, people are crapping on the match, which is not really necessary. So, you know, in a way, I can understand why Dickinson is mad. Um, you know, he kind of talks about um, how people shouldn't be at the at the top of the of the promotion, even though for some reason they are because of you know political stuff here and there. So, I'm not sure, like if. This is like the end of uh, Chris Dickinson and CCW. Haven't really heard anything since then, but uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, Black Cheese then got got on the mic and says that you know he respects Dickinson, you know, for speaking his mind and you know telling the truth and everything. But he he wasn't too fond of him, you know, crapping on Philly. He's not really, you know, he didn't find that uh, cool of him doing that. So you know, he's still he's still champion, but. He, he's still offering them a rematch if he wants at the next show. So we'll see what happens with that. And then uh, the next match, uh, which apparently was announced as the main event. <clears throat> excuse me. And it's for the CCW Tag Team Titles. OI4K taking on the Young Bucks. Uh, this was a great match. This was a fun match. Um, both guys definitely delivered. Uh, even the referee Dan Yost uh, got involved in the match. Um, the, the, yes, the Bucks were picking on Dan Yost. Um, I guess because of, you know they're the Bucks, and I guess they can do whatever they want. I guess, but there was a moment, and of course you can see it on their YouTube, on CCW YouTube page. Excuse me. Where everybody did a dive, and then all of a sudden, Daniel does a plancha onto everybody, uh, which got the crowd kind of going nuts. Um, all four guys did their stuff. It was a, it was very fun to watch. I will say, very entertaining, really good back and forth between both guys. Uh, but in the end, uh, OI4K gets the win after hitting the kill shot onto, I believe it was uh, Matt Jackson, if I'm not mistaken. To win the match and retain the ZZW tag team titles. And the crowd, you know, as I say, they were going nuts. They were chanting for please come back at the Bucks. And then all of a sudden the show ends and we get the ending credits. And then I thought to myself, wasn't there another match supposed to happen? And then the show goes off the air. looking at Twitter and um, somebody saying that Havoc apparently did say it was a match only for the live crowd. If that's the case, how come the commentators kept saying it? Because clearly the commentators were being told what to say. I'd have thought. They wouldn't just do it by themselves. I will say, so, I will say I though. Know. I will say though, uh, by the time the the tag title match had ended, it was already uh, very close to eleven thirty. So, you know, I was kind of surprised that the show ended, uh, the, the IP preview feed, anyways. But they showed the the credits, and I'm like, oh, okay. 
I don't know what happened. I thought that they they had canceled the match, or you know, maybe it was going to be for the crowd only, and apparently that's what occurred. So uh, I guess going by the results here, uh, Lucky Thirteen won the match over Devin Moore and Danny Havoc. Uh, apparently, after power barring uh, Devin Moore from the top term, top rope onto Havoc. That's about it. But, uh, you know, it's, uh, from what I've heard, I think the, the VOD version is already up and the, the bonus match is also on the file. So that's, you know, that's good to hear. But, uh, you know, it's kind of messed up that the people that were watching the live feed on the iPay-Per-View didn't get it to watch it. Yeah, they were getting conflicting messages. I, you know, I guess. Because obviously that's very similar to last year. Because Drake Younger said that there'd be an ultraviolet match to close the show. And people were sort of going, that's because he was saying this is for the live crowd only. And then they actually put it on. Yeah, it was actually on the feed. Yeah. But, uh, uh, you know what? I'm not really mad about it. I mean, I mean, it's okay. I mean,. I don't have an issue with it. If they, if they, if they were some conflicting issues, I guess that's fine. I'm not going to be upset over one match. Um, I don't know if it's going to be like on like kick, click wrestle, maybe, but um, I haven't heard anything saying that it, it was a a good hardcore match or anything. So, you know, I'm not sure if it's something that I need to watch. But overall, uh, to be honest. I wasn't really too impressed with the show overall. I thought the show could have been better. Um, the crowd, uh, they did ruin the the world title match because they were crapping on it, which wasn't necessary. But then again, knowing that it's you know Philly, you know you're gonna expect that. Um, yeah, Philly's Philly. Damn it. <laughs> overall, uh, I'll probably give it a, a B. I thought the show was, I thought the show was good, but it could have been better. Solid, but yeah, not not perfect. As far as match of the night, I'll definitely give it to OI4K and the Young Bucks. That was definitely match of the night, uh, and I'll definitely give performance a, of the night goes to Dan Yost. <laughs> and I'll definitely give honorable mentions to the Wire title match, uh, the Tables match, and I'll even give the World title match because I thought that was a pretty solid match as well. I've actually, I looked into the Young Bucks, I can't remember why, for something, I guess, for one of my friends, and I never knew this, when they do the double team super kick, that move actually has a name, it's not a super kick party, it's entitled Early Onset Alzheimer's. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I just love the name. It's like it's pretty offensive, but it's the humbug, so you accept it. Oh, but yeah, certain. I think there's a couple of spots at least from well, the one from the OI4K um, Bucks match up on the site already. 
up on you know on our social media. And was there anything else? I think there was highlights from the Tremont stockade thing. Uh, I haven't seen those highlights on the on the YouTube, but I know the 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 tag title match. There were some highlights there. I don't know if it was highlights actually from the match, although it might have been the the promo afterwards with Tremont wanting the match at the next show. I do remember uh, during the intermission, they did show the preview for uh, Black G's uh, shoot interview that they did, and uh, it actually looks pretty good, I will say. Apparently it went up on YouTube. It is, but you have to pay for it. Well, I can't. It's not allowed in my country. <laughs> okay. I want to see nine hours of the stuff, but apparently I'm not allowed to. Well, I, I clicked on it, and it says you have to pay for it. Oh. For what? For a moment, I thought they... It's nine hours, though. It's nine hours. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's because... You get the full version with the matches. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> But uh, yeah, judging by the the preview that that they shown during the intermission, it looks pretty good, I will say. Very interesting. So uh, I think we'll leave it there for this week. Uh, in terms of next week, I think. Well, I guess we'll talk about what we'll review next week when we get to uh, a preview of this weekend's stuff coming up because. Um. Not as many as last week, but quite a few promotions are having shows. Uh, I guess even we won't bring it up this week, but there'll be one that I'll be mentioning at the start, which is more relevant to what we'll talk about next week. But all that and more, which I'll actually tell you about in the final part of this week's whole indie show. The more of you that I inspect. Reflect The more I try to read your lips The more the mask you wear rips But when I seek out your voice My ears are overcome with noise You show and tell with greatest ease Raving Every month on the SNS Radio Network. Check out the podcast that deals with conspiracy theories, mysteries, and the unknown. Check out Unplugged CT with Mr. Money on the Mic, Jeff Jackson, and Bronxzilla. You have questions? We have answers. Keep an open mind 
Because the truth is out there. The truth shall set you free. Hey guys, it's me, Mr. Money on the Mic, Jeff Jackson. Just a reminder for you to listen to Sunday Night Showdown every pay-per-view Sunday as I'll be joined by my broadcast partner, the Bronx father, Tony J. Mirabella, Harmony Boom Boom Jackson, and Mark the Shark DiCarlo as we provide the best pay-per-view coverage of the WWE. And it starts at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific Time, Every pay-per-view Sunday, Sunday Night Showdown, your home for WWE pay-per-view coverage. Everybody, this is the Bronx Father to tell you about the Get in the Zone podcast every weekend right here on the SNS Radio Network with myself, my co-host Anthony Farley, and bringing you the TNA recap. No, God, please, no, no. L Train. We also cover SmackDown, some news, and you might even get moments like this. Oh, my brother, testify! Wow. Oh, Lord. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow, that, that, was, that wasn't half bad. <laughs> what the f***? <laughs> to quote, see, since I'm imitating, since I'm imitating Devon tonight, I might as well run the gamut of black wrestlers and go with Booker T. Tell me I did not just... Hear that. It's one of those things to edit. (laughs) (laughs) To edit or not to edit? That is the question. For the reaction, Anthony, you cannot edit this one. Oh, shit. Anthony's dead. He's just done. Oh, we might as well just end the show right now. So... Check out the archive every single weekend and drop us an email anytime. SNS get in the zone at gmail.com right here on the SNS radio network. Hey, wrestling fans. 
Do you want to break from the day-to-day ins and outs of the WWE, TNA, and Ring of Honor? Do you like talk radio that pulls no punches? And do you like your sci-fi and fantasy? Well, tune in to the Elite Force Podcast each and every midweek with Chuck W. And each weekend with William Walkie Walker and Mindwipe. Exclusively on the SMS Radio Network and the Chris Jones Gaming Network. Yeah. This is going to be fun. Well, we know where we're going, but we don't know where we've been. And we know what we're knowing, but we can't say what we've seen. And we're not little children, and we know what we want. We're back to uh, close out this week's show of the whole indie show with Ashley and Zandra. And yeah, the uh, the music hints to a certain company in California. But before all that, uh, a quick mention that this coming Thursday, in terms of previews, <clears throat> this is... Uh, this you know, early Thursday morning will be uh, the first round of the New Japan Cup. Uh, we won't go through the card here. We'll actually leave it till next week. So, but Because obviously, as of recording next week, it won't have happened. In fact, it will probably be only a few hours before it actually gets underway. But... Uh, Yeah, next week we'll give our picks on the first two rounds to accompany the previews and whatever as to to, uh, who we think is going to get through to the latter stages. And then the following week, when it's the semifinals and the finals, we'll take it from there. And uh, hopefully we can call who's going to get the uh, title shot. And if it's Tori Yano, I'll eat my foot. I shouldn't say that because I'll have to get the I'll have to get the hacksaw ready. I've seen saw. Oh, whatever. So uh we'll now jump into uh the other shows happening this weekend. Uh starting off with uh House of Glory having their first show of twenty fifteen. It's entitled For All Mankind. Happening at the NYC Arena. Uh ninety one twelve one forty fourth place in Jamaica, New York. Zip code eleven four three five. So uh, VIP front row access is forty five dollars, with VIP entry at six and VIP matches at six thirty. Uh, then 
Uh, the doors open for everyone else at seven with a bell time of eight. And ticket prices for that are $30 for the front row, $25 for the second row, and $20 for general admission. Uh, key things to note, uh, or one of the things anyway, uh, Mick Foley will be commissioner for the night. And uh, there's a couple of matches as part of the VIP experience, as it will be Herbal Affairs of Jimmy Blaze and Rembrandt Lewis taking on the New York Wrestling Crew of Smooth Blackmon and the Behemoth Chris Season, and the Falcon Corps of Captain Adam Falcon. I wonder where he got that idea from. <laughs> and Joe Quick, uh, they will be in action as well, but their opponents have not been disclosed just yet. So next we have uh, on the main card itself a special attraction tag team match as Deconsentes of Draconis and Bones take on the Safari Zone of Pandaman. Oh, I've been waiting for Pandaman to make his return. And the quotes Pokemon and wrestling fanatic of Andy Lee Ray. <clears throat> Does that technically mean that Pandaman is his Pokemon or something? Uh, I think it is. Pandaman, I choose you. That needs to be a t-shirt. Pandaman, if you're listening, whatever t-shirt website you use, make it. Pandaman, I choose you. Safari Zones uh, t-shirt. I hope hope somebody sends this to him. This little cliff. I don't want any money from it. I just want to know the fact that I created a t-shirt. That'd be awesome. Um, in a strap match, it'll be the ultimate underdog of Nikki Heat taking on good Hank Flanders. In a tag team grudge match, it'll be the high spot heroes of Mark Quinn and Smiling taking on the rogue Anthony Gangon and the bad boy Joey Janela. Uh, the key thing to note is, for this one, uh Gangon and Janela's number one contendership to the tag belts is on the line with this. So could we see new number one contenders? We'll have to see. Uh, in a last man standing match, it'll be Alex Mason, the carnivore, taking on cash flow Ken Broadway. In a special attraction match, I guess this is the uh this is the match of the people pissed off at CZW. Possibly. As it's pro wrestling savior JT Dunn taking on Dirty Daddy Chris Dickinson. Uh, and then uh, the House of Glory tag team titles on the line of Amazing Red and Crimson defending against EYFBO. And in an Extreme Rules match, Brian XL defends the House of Glory world title against Tommy Dreamer, and Mick Foley will be the special enforcer. Uh, I wish I could be at the show, but unfortunately, I won't be able to attend the show in person. Uh, the match between Dunn and Dickinson, that does look pretty good. And I think the rest of the card looks solid as well, but uh, I wish I could go, but I, I don't think I will be, unfortunately. Next up, uh, we have AAW's um, next show of the year, The Art of War, at uh, 115 Bourbon Street in... Uh, Three thirty-three fifty-nine West Hundred and Fifteenth Street, Marionette Park in Illinois. Uh, a seven thirty bell time with the doors opening at six forty-five. 
uh, for this. I've got some good uh, ticket prices, I will say. For the front row on the stage and the front row of the actual rest of the seating is $25. The second row on the stage is $20. Second row reserves seating so, uh, round the rest of the, you know, not on the stage, is going to be $15, as is general admission. And kids 12 and under get in for <clears throat> only $10. And that's only uh, as part of general admission. So in a open challenge, uh, Lawrence and Crane will be defending their AAW tag titles. I don't know who it will be up against. I'm sort of wondering who it could be, though. <clears throat> Looking at the venue and the time. I don't know. We'll have to see. A uh, special challenge match will be going on as Paco Gonzalez takes on Justice Jones, accompanied by Knight Wagner. Silas Young makes his return to AW facing Matt Cage. That should be a good match. Ricochet versus Josh Alexander. Another good match. Jimmy Jacobs versus Ethan Page. Wow, some strong matches here. Um, Zero Gravity and the Hooligans will be taking each other on in a TLC match. And Eddie Kingston will be defending the AEW heavyweight title against Davey Richards. Uh, the show will also feature Christian Faith defending the Heritage title and the AAW debut of Pinky's Up, Alison Kay. Yep. Oh, I thought you were going to go fanboy then. You just... Oh, well, I don't know what to say. <laughs> I think I said it 10 minutes. But I wonder who he's uh, going to be facing though, so... Yeah, I'm trying to think. I don't know who we'll have to see. Um, also set to be part of the card are Matt Fitchett, David Vega, and Marion Fontaine. Uh, then we come to Beyond Wrestling. Um, they're having a show Sunday afternoon. Uh, the King of Arts at Fate Music in Providence, Rhode Island. Uh, it's 3 p.m. for the VIPs, 3.30 for doors opening for everyone, and a 4 p.m. start time. Uh, so I'd say time-wise, if you live pretty local to the area, you'll still be able to see show and get back in time to watch Ring of Honor. But um, I'd say it's a pretty strong card from beyond here as well. It's a tough choice, actually. Uh, so, uh, if you are if you are in the local area, or you, I, I guess it's a bit too last minute for anybody internationally. But uh, yeah, it's always a, from what we've seen of the shows that we've, we've seen so far from beyond. They're always great shows and a great atmosphere. So, uh, so on the card, John Silver and Ryan Galleon. Jimmy Preston will be taking each other on in a grudge match. Then we have the Feeding Frenzy, which is the, from what I remember, this is the 8 on 8 like Survivor Series match, is it? Yeah. 
So it's the Garden State Gods of Eric Corvus and Mike Quest, the Hoods of David Cash and Chris Pyro, the Colony of Fire Ant and Silver Ant, and Milk Chocolate of Brandon Watson, Randy Summers, taking on the Minutemen of Devin Blaze and Tommy Trainwreck, the Devastation Corporation of Max Smashmaster and Flex Rumble Crunch, Flawless and Lawless comprising Blake Morris and Rex Lawless, and the BDK of Tursus and Nocken. Actually, I've just realized, hang on. Sunday, Beyond Wrestling, there's quite a few Shikara talents as part of that feeding frenzy. <laughs> Please don't tell me Providence Rhode Island is going to be having trios. I don't know about that. <laughs> But it's not this nice to see that uh, Tursus is alive after nearly being destroyed in New York last year. You're not supposed to know that. It's not Shikar. <laughs> well, he kind of came back on Twitter, so you know he's alive. <laughs> uh, then we've got a fan's choice match, as it's going to be Matramont versus Darius Carter. This was one that got... Who was it supposed to be originally? Yeah, it was supposed to be uh, Tremont and Eddie Edwards. Oh, yeah, but Ed Edwards had to pull out because of injury. So, yeah, Darius makes, I'd say, a big step up. I hope he impresses against Tremont. It should be interesting. Uh, then the open challenge from Team Pazuzu has been answered. So it'll be Dickinson, Yaka, Sanchez, Drastic and Ortiz taking on New York's finest... Of Super Cop Dick Justice, Colin Delaney, Jay Freddy, Pepper Parks, and Cherry Bomb. That's a mix. Uh, then it will be the TFT winners, Tournament of Tomorrow, three winners, going head-to-head -head as uh, the Tournament of Tomorrow, three winners of Team Tremendous of Dan Barry and Bill Carr will take on the TFT 316 winners, of Biff Busick and Drew Gulak. That'll be a bloody good match. Uh, then in a... For the umpteenth time, a rematch. Uh, the Chilean Lucha Libre world title will be on the line in a... Q Dario. Lather match! As Shenron will be defending against AR Fox. And then, apparently this is entitled as a bad idea. I don't know whether it is. It's Chris Hero teaming up with JT Dunn once again to take on David Starr and Eddie Kingston. Oh, wait, now I get why it's a bad idea. Yes. Oh, my word. That should be a lot of fun. Uh... Pen penultimate card we need to go through um, and I'm surprised that we're putting this here but you know you can't you, you can't expect something that's entitled from out of nowhere so yeah Pro Wrestling Gorilla having our next show this Friday uh, at 8pm local time in Reseda at the American Legion post number 308 you know the place uh, as ever, the front row is sold out, and very limited general admission tickets will be available for $40 at the venue. 
set for action. We're going to have ACH taking on AR Fox. Uh, Speedball Mike Bailey making his debut, I think, isn't it? Yep. <clears throat> taking on uh, Biff Busick. Cedric Alexander versus Tommaso Ciampa. Uh, the Beaver Boys of Alex Reynolds and John Silver will take on the best friends of Trent and Chuck Taylor. I'm trying to think, is that... Is that Trent and Taylor's first time back as a, a two-man tag team? Yes, yes, it is. Since the injury and everything? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Drew Gulak will face Chris Hero. That's really good. It'll be Ricochet versus Matt Seidel. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Monster Mafia of Josh Alexander and Ethan Page make their debut. And one hell of a debut because they're going to be facing the Young Bucks. Mm-hmm. Oh, I want to know what happens with that immediately. And then for the PWG world title, Roderick Strong defends against Trevor Lee. Yeah, we we know what's going to happen. I don't think the trigger's going to be pulled yet. Really? Yeah. They're going to... They're going to leave it. I mean, I wouldn't mind if Trevor Lee won, but I just think... I just think it's a shame that Roderick Strong, after his years of service to PWG, is just remembered as, you know, a James Storm, as a transitional champion. I'd like to see him with the belt, actually, for at least one show. Now, he could drop it at the next one back, you know, in April. But i just like to see him have at least, you know, one successful defense of it before he drops the bell. Because for a man that's had such a long and prolific career in PWG, you know, I'm breaking keyfabe here, but, you know, bugger, it. it's Roderick Strong. He's been around. I'd just like to see him just get a little bit of recognition. It doesn't have to be, you know, records like Adam Cole and all that. It just needs to be something that's not just, as I say, a transitional champ. It's the fact that he's in the books as actually having it held it for more than, you know, uh, one challenge. I think Trevor Lee will get it possibly down the line. But I don't think they'll pull the trigger just yet. Then again, they could prove me wrong from out of nowhere. Hence the name of the show. Well, I think he'll, he'll get the title. Well, we'll see what happens. I'm quite surprised that uh, ACH, Alexander, Chopper are, are still on the show because I, I thought they would have been done with PWG because of uh, the contracts for Ring Runner. But, uh, well, I guess because it's Friday. Because it's Friday, it's probably easier. Plus, of course, the Ring of Honor show is in Vegas. So they're in the right area anyway. It's not like they've got to fly a long way, is it? No. That I think that might be why. At, at least this time. Well, I'm glad that they're on the show, so that's that's good. But... Unless, of course, they are talents that aren't 
fully, um, you know, signed up. That might be it. Because <clears throat> Chomper obviously was on the last set of shows <clears throat> when that was sort of cropping up, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. And obviously Cedric was and ACH was. So, yeah, speaking of Ring of Honor, the 13th anniversary pay-per-view and will be up as a iPay-per-view on demand immediately after the show's finished. That's kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> Catch it on pay-per-view, but if you can't watch it, you could either watch the pay-per-view replay, because quite a lot of the stations and the networks will have it run again. But if you want to watch it online, you can pay your $35 and see it on, like, tape delay. Yeah, Bit that's, weird. That's weird. And apparently, um, for people that have uh, Dish Network, uh, if you want it for HD, you have to pay 45 bucks. Ooh. That's... That's Dish. <laughs> that's kind of messed up. I don't know about uh, any other providers, but that's not good. That much, but just because you have to pay more for UFC, come on. Tony the night before, people. Oh my god. Oh, that's right. It's a UFC pay per view this weekend. Yeah, oh, come shit. on. It's Ronda Rousey. Oh man, I forgot. It's gonna be a busy weekend on the West Coast. Oh, god. PWG Friday, UFC Saturday, Ring of Honor Sunday. Oh my goodness! My goodness! And then I actually looked into it. The when they actually go for WrestleMania, Raw on the Monday is going to be in the Staples Center. They're then going to have to completely cobble that together because that weekend, not only is it WrestleMania, it's actually the Call of Duty World Championships at the Staples Center as well. I th- or at least I think it's at the Staples Center. I mean, it makes sense because it seems to be everything's there if it's a world championship. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's it's gonna be it's the start of a busy month for California and Nevada and all that. So yeah, the the Ring of Honor show itself, if you do want to go, uh, is uh, the Orleans Hotel and Casino uh, complex at forty five hundred West Tropicana Avenue. Uh, in Las Vegas, Nevada, um, zip code 89103, in case you need it for location details, I don't know. Uh, the pay-per-view will be starting at 8. Uh, I'm guessing that's 8 Eastern. Which means it'll be, obviously, early local time. Because I don't think they'd have a Ring of Honor pay-per-view going at uh, 11 at night Eastern. I thought. <laughs> but as I said before, there's too many matches. Yeah, let's get through them. Uh, we got the Reborn one, Matt Sydal taking on Cedric Alexander. Mark Briscoe versus Moose. Still don't know what the purpose of that is, but okay. They're going to push him. He's going to win. Oh, and then he's going to take on Briscoe at Supercard of Honor and win the belt. 
and cue the fans going, what? Who knows? I don't know. <laughs> oh, no. I'm getting worried now. Uh, in a grudge match, Roderick Strong will be taking on BJ Whitmer. Mm. And we all know that Steve Carino will get involved. Because of every other time it's been on pay-per-view, random attack on Steve Carino from BJ Whitmer. Whatever. Uh, a triple threat tag team match as the negative influence addiction, whatever you want to call them, of Daniels and Kazarian. Take on the kingdom of Bennett and Taven, probably with Maria, although perhaps, perhaps not. Taking on the bullet club of Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson. That's a damn good match. I think as I think actually that's gonna be a busy it's gonna be a busy week for some of those guys because I think on the Saturday there's an Omega show where Bullet Club and Alexander and for that matter actually Trevor Lee are booked. So Trevor's hmm. going to be f- flying pretty short notice to Carolina and uh, Gallows Anderson, because I know they're certainly booked. I'm not sure about the Bucks, but their man Alexander will clearly be going other way. <laughs> that sucks. Uh, yeah. Oh, got to make that money, so, you know. Uh, ODB will take on Maria Canellis, accompanied mm. respectively by Mark Briscoe and Michael Bennett. See, I want to be excited for this match. I'm not. Be- be- no, I want to because I think this is the first time in about five years that a women's match has actually been on a pay-per-view or I pay-per-view card. I don't think there's uh, been one that I remember. <clears throat> well, I'm not. I'm not really looking forward to the match. I'm, uh, I don't think it's going to be, you know, great. I think it'll be okay. But yeah, I'm not expecting. Uh, a lot. I don't think this I'm match. Not... Yeah, I don't think this match will go long. It'll probably go within several minutes tops. I'm not expecting a lot from it. It's just that if I was thinking of a match to bring, you know. To have the first, you know, um, women of honor match in a while, I wouldn't have personally picked these two. I'd have found some way to get Vader Scott wrestling. <laughs> because damn it, she needs to wrestle more. Um, well, she has nobody to wrestle with, so. That's the issue. Come back, Sarah Dorai. <laughs> no, she's doing a great job training the the women in the future over there. Yeah, but she was she was she, at least she was there all the time. So then she was competition for somebody at Ring of Honor. Now it's just tumbleweed. Well, she was uh, in, the, in the same position as. Well, I was going to say she was like in the same position as as you know Vader. You know, like she was the only female. Wrestler on the roster. Yeah, but back then, female wrestlers came in more often <laughs> to actually fight. It wasn't like every two years. 
Regardless, um, we'll also have AJ Styles taking on ACH. And then yeah. your... That's the match everybody's looking forward. Yeah. Well, no. To me, the the match that I'm looking forward to is your first of your three title matches. Red Dragon defending the ROH belts against the Young Bucks. Because I'm wondering whether we're going to see the Young Bucks dethrone Red Dragon once again. I don't know. I guess the problem is, though, with this, who are the people in the masks? If you know what I mean, Sandra. And there wasn't any any sort of build-up during the last set of TV tapings either. So I, I, haven't, I haven't caught up with the, the TVs as of late, but I'm assuming they probably sent in some sort of uh, video message, of course. But oh, I, I would guess they have to reveal themselves at, that, at this show, wherever it is. I'm thinking from the size, not... Uh, it probably isn't Samoa Joe. <laughs> suddenly show up and somebody, somebody's bulky. Like, oh. I don't know. We'll, we'll see if it is revealed. Um, Jay Lethal defends the world TV title against Alberto El Patron. I, I'm guessing Lethal's going to retain there, but anything could happen. Be a fun uh, match. And the main event will be a high stakes four corner survival match. So I'm guessing that means it's elimination. Possibly. Uh, I can't recall. It's Jay Briscoe defending the Ring of Honor world title against Unbreakable Michael Elgin, the Warbeard of Hansen, and the Sicilian Psychopath of Tommaso Ciampa. I see what you mean, though, with the, the yeah nine matches is pushing it for a three-hour show. Um, and I guess the other shame is no Adam Cole, baby. Although I do hope he'll make his presence felt in some form in one of the matches because he deserves to. Damn it! Yeah, I'll probably make it a perk. Yeah, I'll probably make an appearance. Uh, that main event looks really good. Uh, definitely a mean guy match. So, I don't know. I think we're having a new champion. I'm going to say Michael Elgin wins the match. And I, I think we're going to have some sort of competition between Elgin and Samoa Joe. Ooh, okay. I'm just having a quick look because... After everything that's happened over the last few weeks, I probably need to uh, quickly look at the PWG Twitter and all that in case anything's been announced. Because it might be... No, uh, no, nothing's been announced. I'm just quickly checking just in case it has. Oh, hang on. Oh, okay, well, uh, I guess in the meantime, that's 
that's the shows happening uh, this weekend. Yes. Should be interesting to see uh, what's going to occur on the pay per view. Not sure what's going to happen with this uh, storyline with this, I guess, invading group that's, I guess, want to, I guess, I, I don't know if they want to take over Ring of Honor or they want to cleanse Ring of Honor or whatever they, that, that meant. But somebody's coming. Probably a good chance that Mojo will show up. I'll be surprised if he doesn't, but I think he has to, just to make an appearance. But uh, should be fun. Um, I would say that the second half of the show looks really good and definitely worth watching and buying, mind you. So uh, mm-hmm. we'll definitely we'll definitely review it for next week's show. Yes, and that's uh, a good one. And yeah, with that, that's all for this week. Uh, we'll be back next week. Check out all the other shows on my network. Um, Unplugged, Unplug CT, uh, Get in the Zone. Beyond the Bell, Elite Force Podcast, or in the Ropes, SNS Sticks and Flicks. I think that's everybody mentioned. Sunday Night Showdown will be coming uh, on WrestleMania Day. So only uh, about three or f- well, four weeks to go until that. So uh, we'll see which other um, independent talent gets signed by the WrestleMania then. <laughs> And something I also need to mention because I've just remembered it now before you actually go into the social media this weekend is also the Dragon Gate shows in Osaka Dragon Gate Japan mm. BB Hulk is actually oh, taking yeah. on Uha for the is it the Dreamgate title yes along with other stuff Apparently, BB Hulk on the first night is taking on, you know, my favorite QQ Tanaraki Dolphin. If Dolphin wins that, huge kick. Huge kick right there. <laughs> we'll see. But yeah, um, Sandra, how can uh, people get in touch with us if they uh, want to give their thoughts on Ring of Honor or anything they catch? Well, uh, you can find us on Facebook. Uh, search for The Whole Indie Show. Find us on Twitter, at TWIS underscore podcast. Uh, already over 700 followers, so that was a, a really good to see. Thank you, everybody, for following us. Follow myself, at Sandro, TWIS, S-A-N-D-R-O-T-W-I-S. You can follow Ashley over at Ash is my name, UK. Send us your emails with your feedback or your thoughts or questions. At, uh, send us an email to whole at snsradionetwork.com. That's indie with a Y I N D Y. Uh, you can find us on iTunes and Stitcher. Search for the whole indie show. Subscribe, rate us, and leave us feedback as well. Uh, find the archives and the RSS feeds over at snsradionetwork.com. Song of the Night, thanks to Ring of Honor and their uh, pay-per-view. It's time, not for Elvis, but for the good version. Viva Las Vegas from the Dead Kennedys. 
So with that being said, that was Sandro. This is Ashley. That has been your weekly slice of indie goodness. We'll see you next week when we may have a new PWG champion. We may have a new Ring of Honor champion. Please tell me we don't have a new champion of something else. I don't know. I lost track. Bye, everyone. Long day. Bye.